0: Theories of the Third
1: Kind Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today. Of course, Danielson, Yo Guys, and Anna.
2: Hey, what's up?
1: So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you would like to help us out, then
0: there's a few ways that you can do that. One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today, we released a Patreon exclusive episode, which is over Phobos 1 and 2. Also, we have several more episodes already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure, such as Giants, Glitches in the Matrix, 1985 Philadelphia Bombing, Nexium Cult, Disney Darkness, Isaac Cappy, McMartin Satanic Preschool, Clinton Body Count, FEMA, and much more. In total, as of today, we have over 20 extra Patreon episodes, which you get access to all of them for just five bucks a month.
2: Another way to support the show is through merchandise. Just teleport on over to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click on the shop button. Then you can see all the merch we have for sale. T-shirts, hats, we're soon gonna have some hoodies for the cold season, you know, all that good stuff. Also, I wanted to say that the money that we get from Patreon and our merchandise goes to bettering the show. Things are tough out there right now, we totally get that. So, if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes, and that helps us out a ton.
1: If you don't want to leave one, though, then that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, slickers, underground lizard people, whoever, or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing if any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also on our site, you can click the voicemail button and leave us a voicemail anonymously with your phone, and we will play it at the end of the show each week. So today's episode is over the Black Knight Satellite. How this episode will go today is that we will first cover a quick overview of Of what is the Black Knight satellite? Then we will go into when it was first reported, the reports and history of it, and then roll into strange facts and findings, followed by theories, and then wrap it all up with our own personal thoughts and theories. So, with all that being said, let's get into
0: today's episode. What is the Black Knight satellite? In October of 1957, the first satellite that was sent to space during the Sputnik mission, that was 63 years ago. What if there was something already orbiting the Earth? There is a legend of an object that has been mysteriously orbiting the Earth for perhaps the last 13,000 years. The name given to this object, Black Knight. Only few officially know about its existence. So, is the Black Knight satellite a secret object that someone on Earth sent to space? Or is it an extraterrestrial intruder hiding in the darkness?
2: Like Dan mentioned, the first satellite was sent into space over 63 years ago in 1957. But years earlier, there was a very interesting newspaper article that made claims of satellites already orbiting the Earth. So on May 14th, 1954, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch newspaper had a feature story that was titled, Artificial Satellites Are Circling Earth on Saucers. Also, on that same day, the San Francisco Examiner newspaper had a feature story as well, and that was titled, one or two artificial satellites circling Earth. Both newspaper articles said that an individual named Donald E. Keyhole, a retired Marine, made a claim that on March of 1954, near Fresno, California, the Air Force Secretary Harold Talbot and his crew, while traveling on a plane, had spotted a large disc shaped object. Donald said, and I quote, After watching the object for several minutes, Secretary Talbot ordered his plane to swing around and approach it. The object immediately accelerated and disappeared at high speed. So that was one of the claims that Donald Kehoe made in the article. The other one was just as interesting. He said that the Earth is being circled by one or two artificial satellites. Donald goes on to say that the U.S. government scientists at White Sands New Mexico are making an intensive effort to locate and chart the course of the satellites in an attempt to determine what they are and where they came from. So we will post the article from the St. Louis Dispatch and the San Francisco Examiner uh, underneath the episode.
1: Yeah. Now, when people talk about the Black Knight satellite and the story of it spreading, Individuals usually reference these newspaper articles. However, the history of the Black Knight satellite doesn't end there in just these newspaper articles. We're going to go into some more reports of it throughout history. So on August 23rd, 1954, the technology magazine called Aviation Week in Space Technology, they decided to release an article. The short article stated the following. Pentagon scare over the observance of two previously unobserved satellites orbiting the Earth has dissipated with the identification of the objects as natural, not artificial, satellites. Dr. Lincoln LaPaz, expert on extraterrestrial bodies from the University of New Mexico, headed the identification project. One satellite is orbiting about 400 miles out while the other is 600 miles from the earth. The Pentagon thought momentarily that the Russians had beaten the United States to space exploration. Okay, so at this time there was no satellites in space. Huh. What happens next is weird. This story was apparently top secret information that somehow got into the hands of the writers at this magazine, this Aviation Week in Space Technology magazine. And whenever they published this short article in that magazine, it pissed the Pentagon off pretty bad. They were like, we didn't want that to become public knowledge. And if it was just natural, why, you know, why
0: would they be pissed off about it? Mm I mean, the one thing I'm questioning is, how are you an expert on extraterrestrial bodies? Oh, Dan, asking the real questions. How is Doctor Lincoln Lapaz so, an
1: expert on extraterrestrial? So that bodies? must
0: mean that he's been studying extraterrestrial bodies, right? So he must be the expert on them, right? <laughs> Are
1: they talking about when they talk about extraterrestrial bodies, they mean like
2: other planets, asteroids, comets. Yeah, like or, yeah, other okay. uh, yeah, exactly that.
0: Oh, I was about to say like ET bodies. <laughs> we got a couple of ETs back here. I was just like, wait a second here.
2: No, you're right. I mean, it was a great question there, but if we break down what the word really means. You're right, Aaron.
0: We almost had it,
1: Dan. God dang. Yeah. So, a few months after that magazine article was published, another report occurred in October of 1954. NASA reported that they had detected signals from, and I quote, an unknown orbiting object, end quote. Now, this was particularly a little strange because no nation had the ability or technology at the time to launch satellites into space, kind of like how we mentioned earlier. But that technology, you know, it would soon become available. I think it was like, what, three years later in 1957 uh, when the Soviet Union launched the first artificial Earth satellite, Sputnik 1, Mm -hmm. into uh, low Earth orbit. But uh, also that same year in 1957, uh, there was a Dr. Luis Corolos who was with the communications ministry. Dr. Luis was in Venezuela taking photographs of Sputnik 2 as it passed over Caracas. Dr. Luis observed an unknown object that was shadowing the Soviet Sputnik spacecraft. The weird thing about this unknown object is that this thing, whatever it was, was orbiting in retrograde, which meant that it was moving in the opposite direction of the Earth's rotation. Why is this important, you ask? Well, like earlier, the technology to put satellites into retrograde orbit didn't exist at this time. So that's why Dr. Luis was like, Whoa, hold up. Wait a minute. Some may write. So, in
0: 1960, reports of this mysterious object that was in polar orbit was witnessed and reported by various astronomers and scientists around the world. It was estimated to have weighed over 10 tons and was unlike anything else in space at the time. This object was also reported to be moving twice the speed of any man-made craft. This caught the attention of the Grumman Aircraft Corporation. Grumman formed an investigative committee to look into what the object might really be, but their findings were never made public. Of course. On February 11th of 1960, the New York Times ran a story that said, quote, An unidentified silent satellite has been discovered circling the Earth in a near-polar orbit by the United States tracking stations. The Defense Department said today the identity and origin of the mystery satellite, which has been dubbed the Dark Satellite are not known despite nearly two weeks of tracking. Dang. Okay, Okay. Just keeps getting stranger. To add to the mysteriousness, a year later in 1961, a man named Jacques Vallée, who's working at the Paris Observatory, tracking satellites, he made a very odd discovery. He spotted a bright, unidentified object that was in polar orbit, just like the earlier claims by various others. But why do we mention this one? Well, Vali and his colleagues assumed the UFO must be something innocent, like an asteroid, and that had gotten caught in the Earth's gravitational pull.
1: I mean, you figured that's the first thing that anyone would say, okay, yeah, that's what it's got to be, right?
0: Well, and that's where it would end, though. Yeah. However, it didn't. When Vali showed the tape of the object to his supervisor, his supervisor confiscated the tape and the footage was destroyed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's just so weird, you know?
2: It is. Do you think they actually destroy them? No. Or that they have, like, their own Smithsonian back attic type thing?
1: Absolutely. They hand over the tapes to some government official who takes them over to, uh, well, well, we'll we'll discuss that during theories, but I got a whole thing, old whole theory behind all this. Ooh. I know the truth. Aaron, I'm the sure truth. you do. Yeah. Yeah, they Epstein that
0: footage. Epstein the footage. Yeah. Always. Right. In 1963, Gordon Cooper, a United States astronaut, was launched into space. During one of his orbits around the Earth, he reported seeing a glowing green object in front of his capsule in the distance moving towards the spacecraft. The Moose tracking station in Australia, which Cooper reported the object to, picked up this unidentified object on radar traveling east to west. The news station NBC picked up on this and starting running reports on it. Of course, you would expect the news station in doing an interview with Cooper after he had returned to Earth. However, that never happened. The government told Cooper and all media stations that they were not allowed to ask Cooper about the unidentified object and that they would make an official statement about what had happened. The official explanation given to Cooper's sightings were, in quote, high levels of carbon dioxide, which caused hallucinations. What a bunch of crock, huh? hmm.
1: God, yeah. man. I often wonder what they say in these meetings. Do they really think that a lot of people would buy that?
2: Uh,
0: I guess back then they probably would.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. So over the next 30 years, many individuals continued with their reported sightings. The most notable one being in 1998. This is considered to be the smoking gun of the Black Knight satellite really existing. So in 1998... The first alleged photographs of the satellite emerged. The crew of the space shuttle orbiter Endeavour photographed an unusual object in low Earth orbit. NASA then published these images online, which we have links to. So we're going to look at those right now.
1: And when people talk about the Black Knight satellite or you look it up, these are the most common images that you will see like Ana said we have the direct links to nasa.gov's photos that they published so it's unaltered you get to go straight to their. gov site and see it for yourself and these photos are weird man
2: mm-hmm.
1: just go to our site and you can see the photos of them
2: the first one it's like in the darkness off to the left huh. it's yeah so weird.
1: it almost looks like a little rock but then The next image, you can see a more definition to it. In the following picture, it goes back to the shape as it was in the first image. It is such a weird-looking object, especially that last image. It almost looks like a fighter pilot jet in space.
2: Totally agree. Strange. I mean, that looks like a picture on Earth with a jet flying over some rocky land.
1: Yeah, or it flying into some clouds. Hmm. Strange. So we kind of gave you listeners the history of the Black Knight satellite, and now we're going to roll into some strange facts and findings that we found when looking into it.
2: The first one that we're going to talk about is involving Nikola Tesla. He was a brilliant inventor who lived from 1856 to 1943. He is described by many as sort of an odd genius, kind of the mad scientist type. Tesla spent most of his career in the U.S. as an electrical engineer and explored the idea of radio and wireless transmissions. Maybe you're wondering why we mention him. Well, in 1899, while working on some of the radio wireless transmissions, he reportedly intercepted a signal unlike anything he had heard before. Tesla stated that these transmissions were not from Earth, such as an electrical storm or things that he had already investigated in prior experiments. He also stated that the signals are intelligent ones. They were in repeating patterns of 1, 2, 3, 4. Tesla claimed that the signals were coming from an intelligent outside source, potentially from individuals living on Mars. Today, there are those who say he was listening to a transmission from an orbiting satellite of unknown origin, later called by some, as we know now, as the Black Knight. He apparently never tried to repeat his observations, claiming that other matters took priority. I mean, we did just learn that the man's an alien. Yeah. He had other things to take care of. He's like, let me create some more life-changing inventions they don't need to know about my friends on mars trying to have a conversation about their friday night
1: yeah and it's weird that he he mentioned mars because we just talked about phobos and i don't want to ruin the patreon episode for you guys but if you go and listen to the phobos one and two episode which is about what was found on mars and mars's moon phobos it goes so well with this episode and it is very weird and an awesome listen For sure. Now, there was some additional claims, uh, sort of like Tesla made. So he wouldn't be the last one to say that they were hearing weird things from outer space. For example, in uh, 1927, there was a Norwegian engineer named Jorgen Halls. Jorgen was listening to radio signals when he started to notice that some of them had a strange echo. This echo involved the signal he was listening to, bouncing back to him several seconds after the original transmission had ended. So, Jorgen decided to ask other physicists for help in explaining what was going on. All the other physicists, they were like, I don't know what the hell that is. We can't explain it, and we'll call it long-delayed radio echoes. That stuck. For the longest time, nobody knew what the hell these long-delayed radio echoes were. Well, supposedly, in 1970, there was an individual named Duncan Lennon, and he took these long-delayed radio echoes that Oregon Halls had discovered and mapped them against constellations. Duncan's conclusion was that these signals were originally from the star Epsilon Bootis, and that they first arrived here around 11,000 B.C., which was the same time that the Black Knight satellite supposedly arrived here as well. Now, Duncan also made some other claims. Uh, he claimed that he decoded a message of theirs that was being sent which said the following. Our home is Epsilon Bootes, which is a double star. We live on the sixth planet of seven. Check that. The sixth of seven. Counting outwards from the sun, which is the larger of the two stars. Our sixth planet has one moon. Our fourth planet has three. Our first and third planet each have one. Our probe is in the orbit of your moon. End quote. That's what he supposedly decoded. Does he have any proof for this? No. So, there you go. That's a strange fact and finding. That is pretty strange.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. If that's true, then that would make a lot of sense, too, why we're having a lot of alien activity right now. Because... They're watching us to make sure we don't destroy the solar system because we're not the only ones living in it.
1: They're like, look, you guys are savages.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: need to calm down with those nukes.
2: Yeah, so these higher beings aren't allowed to interfere from the outside. Uh, this is according to Dolores Cannon, who if you haven't looked her up, you must go look her up. Um, they cannot interfere from the outside, but the loophole is that they come in and act as one of us, that's how we have had so many advances in technology. But the one exception for them interfering with us is if we are going to do something catastrophic to the Earth. For instance, so Dolores Cannon had been meditating and, and and practicing all this for, like, I think 30 years or something, and she ends up learning that these beings put us on the earth as single cell organisms and then like kept checking in on us to see our evolution and then ended up trying to, uh, manipulating us through the way to make us evolve faster. Well, we got to the atomic bomb faster than they thought we would. And when that happened, were, it was like an oh shit moment. And it was super unfortunate because now all, all of our thoughts about the atomic bombs are negative. And that that power could have been harnessed for good had we been taught it properly. Uh, But yeah, so they are overwatching to make sure that we don't do another atomic bomb situation. Yeah. Super interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, it is. So what are they doing about the Hopi prophecy? Are they just letting that shit happen? Oh, Maybe it's them. Maybe they're the ones who did the prophecy. It's just like, you know what, we'll deal with your nukes, but COVID, we ain't touching that shit. We don't want the cough.
2: <laughs> but what they could be doing is staying close so that they can help those that are gonna need to transition into the fifth dimension. So the nuclear attack could still happen. But who knows? Let's just point out to the fact that Baba Vanga's prophecy changed since we recorded that episode. Um I don't know. I mean it could be a lot of things. I think that is why there will be something dramatic that happens by the end of this year. And you have to live a life without fear to be ready to transition to this fifth dimension and trust in everything and know that everything is going to be okay. We have gone through so much shit this year. There's always an opposite to everything. So we're having all this bad because we have this incredibly beautiful experience that's about to happen to us. We are going to hopefully, you know, transition into a more beautiful life of love so live without fear meditate do your shadow work that's all my my little woo woo info for you guys today
1: nice now i know what woo woo means yeah me and aaron questioned I was what, like, what the f- is that some furry shit up on the discord what is that
2: it's one of those things that's kind of used as like an insult to people like us that are spiritual not religious in the normal sense but believe in energy and crystals and so that people are like, oh, you're into that woo-woo. But we've, we've taken oh. that word and we use it for empowerment. It's like, yeah, I'll be all woo-woo if I want to be.
0: I didn't know there was an insult for that.
1: I didn't know either. That's the first time I ever heard the name woo-woo, you know. All right, let's hop back on strange facts and findings. Who wants to get this next one?
0: I'll take it. So the next one is Valis. Black Knight made its presence known in 1974. This time, it wasn't picked up by... A way of radar or radio frequency rather it formed a direct link to one man that man was science fiction author philip k dick best known for writing the stories on which the movies blade runner the 1982 version and total recall 1990 version were based
1: excellent author i love his work
0: so beginning in february of 1974 and continuing for the next eight years dick had a series of mystic Experiences and communications with the Black Knight satellite that left behind was what he called the uh, exegesis, an eight thousand page, one million word continuing dialogue with himself written at night. Dig, <laughs> that's
1: a lot of writing.
2: Yeah.
0: Very little of Philip K. Dick's exegesis has been published. The Black Knight material formed the core of four novels: Radio Free myth Valis, The Divine Invasion. And the transmigration of Timothy Archer. These books remain in print, all four read as autobiographies. The pivotal element in each is Dick's own contact with the Black Knight, which he called the Vast Active Living Intelligence System, Vallus for short. Vallis revealed itself to Dick as an ancient satellite from another world. It was sent here long ago by three eyed, crab clawed beings from a planet orbiting Fomalhaut. They built our civilization taught us writing and science, then returned to their own worlds. Valis was left behind to prod certain individuals when civilization needed a boost.
1: Yeah, so this Valis was like this extraterrestrial intelligent being that circled around the Earth like a satellite, right? Like you said at the last paragraph, it was tracking humanity. And whenever it needed a boost, it would beam down certain information to an individual and select one and give that individual the information to see what that individual does with that information to make sure humanity continues going in the path that it needs to be. Philip K. Dick, he truly believed that the information he was writing about was coming from this being in outer space that was beaming in this information to him. Man, great stuff great stuff.
2: I mean that goes right along with what I was just talking about with Dolores Cannon's teachings. Pretty much. I mean she did like s- supposedly Jesus was one of the one of these and Jesus wasn't the son of God, he was a a source from God here. Like he was a piece of source. Source God, universe spirit, whatever you want to call it. That came down to make a difference in humanity and he didn't have to die. He chose to die because it made a a stronger impact on the message that he was trying to make in this world at the time. And it obviously has because we're still talking about him today, but what would have happened if he didn't die? Who knows? But yeah, and that they continue to check on our civilization and progress to make sure that we're heading in the right direction. There's different names for everything. Like, this could be thought of as the Anunnaki, which I know. Is very similar with the thought of them coming in and creating civilization and and leading us along the way of evolution.
1: All right, before we get into theories, there's one last thing that we need to go over and then we could jump into theories. Have you ever seen an Illuminati rocket? No. Well, supposedly in April of 2017, there was footage released to tabloids that supposedly showed... And I quote, an Illuminati rocket, and it blew up the Black Knight satellite. So we have a link to that. You can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can go to this and play the video.
2: That orb, after it's pulled away from its tail, looks just like what I saw that night when I was at the skate park looking up at the stars. And saw an orb moving really slow like that, but deliberately in one direction, way up in the sky. And then it just faded out and disappeared. And, uh, I don't remember seeing a tail on it, maybe I missed that part of it, but 100% that looked just like what I saw. And then I looked up at the sky and saw all those little stars, in quotations, to me they were little mini spaceships, flying into a mothership. That was invisible, but I could see the triangles, that in my mind equaled the three points of the mothership, and just these things that like, almost looked like shooting stars at times, going in and out, in and out, in and out, over and over. It was the craziest thing. Hmm. And that was probably close to five years ago now.
1: Wow. Well, that is some strange footage,
2: a and that's a strange
1: story you have. So I guess that rolls us into theories
2: does um one of our theories is about an ancient race that existed and that the origin of the black Knight satellite is an alien but it actually is an ancient human creation this theory is that an ancient race of humans or other intelligent non-human animals on earth were scientifically advanced and launched the satellite before becoming extinct
1: i like that one I do like that
2: Uh, The more research we do on the past, it just makes me feel that there has already been a much smarter version of us that for some reason did either go extinct or they left the planet or learned how to, like, get up out of here. So who's to say that they didn't already do this? Shot it up there. If we look back at our pyramids episode, we talked about, you know, helicopters being seen in Egypt at that time.
1: Hieroglyphics.
2: Yeah, super interesting stuff. Yeah. Isn't there a more grounded explanation that some people claim that this was, Dan?
0: Yeah, there's one that's pretty much that it could have been a thermal blanket. That the satellite could have been a thermal blanket? Yeah. During one of the astronauts' EVAs or whatever, a thermal blanket was lost and drifted away. Silver on one side and black on the other. It was crumbled and formed in odd shape. The only thing that kind of discredits that is nothing was launched into space then until after Sputnik.
2: I remember reading that they had said that they had gone and were working on something specifically on wasn't the space station, not our space it was station.
1: Because when they took those photos, when they took those photos, when they went up, that's when they lost the space blanket or the thermal blanket because they were working on something. So they decided to take pictures of it floating away.
2: Yeah, that doesn't make too much sense, really, but...
0: Yeah, so I wouldn't really say that's too much of a grounded story, more of a, here, just take this, you know, be happy with it.
1: Yeah.
2: That's I'm trying to cover it up, and that's the best thing I got.
1: So, we were talking about aliens earlier, right? And the Black Knight satellite being like um, a monitoring system. So I have a theory that I wrote down last night that... Hear me out on this, okay? Mm-hmm. That the gray aliens are literally drones, but they're humanoid drones for hundreds to thousands of outer space alien and interdimensional species and entities to interact with our baseline level of reality and our biochemical environment they are mere soul puppets for another creature or entity in general so they put their entire minds in there though like a vr kind of and they're controlling these and what if the black knight satellite was like we talked about it was just some monitoring system and the these ufo's we see are just drones For the aliens to just come and they monitor us, right? Just go out there and monitor them. Because why would they send themselves down here and put themselves in harm? You got to think, they're so far advanced, they're not going to be sending themselves down here. If they got that type of technology to travel, they're going to be sending some type of, like, zero ping, instantaneous thing that they can, you know, VR through it. So, just a thought.
2: You know, that made me think of the Hemisync episode. When we start talking about going into the fifth dimension, it goes into how oh, his name was Robert something. Robert Monroe, I believe, was the one who did this. He went into the fifth dimension and saw great aliens. And then saw a a tunnel of light that had coding in it. Numbers. And he, like, just a bunch of zeros and ones. And he went through it, which led him to these ultralight beings that were just made of energy. And they were sending codes to the hive mind aliens to be the bodies that they needed to go out, uh, talk with humans. And I know we had discussed that maybe those light beings were AI systems and were using because they don't have a physical body, using aliens to be their body. And then Robert Monroe mentioned that he saw the ultimate leader of this light being group and sensed evil within them.
1: Hmm.
2: That's what made me think of when you said that.
1: It is interesting to think about. All right, so I had I had another little theory that I wanted to talk so, about. Okay. So this is a little off the Black Knight satellite, but we're still talking about like some aliens here, okay? Okay. So I thought about aliens coming here to Earth, right? When we imagine space aliens, we usually either think that they would embrace us with open arms, right? Or be our saviors. Or they want to conquer and destroy us. It's usually one of those things, right? There's something else that we usually... I don't ever hear anybody talk about. Them wanting to have nothing to do with us. And the reason why is that they think of us as an unfortunate species that is destined to destroy themselves. If they were trying to save, quote unquote, save us, the relationship would be that of complete dependency of us being like a baby to them and them having to raise us and us looking at them like, help us, mama, papa, alien, help us. And the existence of space aliens is kept from the general public for this reason. Aliens do exist, but they want to have nothing to do with us. They're like, fuck you guys, you're going to destroy yourselves. And the government knows this, but they don't tell anybody. And the reason they don't is because it would completely destroy the human psyche. Us as humans would objectively know that we were galactic trash. So what would we do if we knew that? This is what we would do as a human race. We would inevitably start blaming each other and try to kill off the ones we think who are holding us back in a desperate attempt to escape our self-destructive fate. But as a result of that it would just accelerate our destruction as a species and that would be the end of it depressing depressing isn't yes isn't it
2: isn't that like what's already happening
1: pretty much so yeah we're just galactic trash but hey here's another one aliens don't just invade in an all out war you won't see aliens coming at all aliens of course are extremely smart they observe us humans for thousands of years 13,000 years to be exact with a Black Knight satellite. Tracking everything they can about our Earth and our actions. They've been abducting us to make the perfect clones, the perfect bodies. They come in and they pose as humans. They get themselves in power in the most powerful nations and form an international cabal. Kind of like how the current world elites are in the shadow when they all work together. These aliens are this international cabal, and they're secretly suppressing humanity on a global scale. That is why we are already ruled secretly by aliens. They are the elite. They've already taken over. And that's why they kind of trinkle, hey, let's play a little, hey, fly your saucer over there, Jeff. Oh, my name's not Jeff. Oh, yeah, I'm Jeff Bezos. Never mind. <laughs> Flies this. well, you guys see that report? <laughs> let's leak a little bit out.
2: Like in that documentary we watched, uh, they said that aliens don't come to war with us because if they can travel here in basically a blink of an eye, you don't think that they could destroy this Earth in a snap of a finger. A nuclear... Th- we wouldn't even have time to think about how to attack an alien race before they could destroy all of us.
1: Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm sure they got some black hole gun or something they can just shoot.
2: Maybe it sucks you into a prison planet solar system. Maybe
1: we're already there. Maybe
2: I was just going to say that. Damn. And uh, these, that Black Black Knight satellite is like a, what's it? Corrections officer.
1: Oh, yeah. It's the warden. the, the warden.
2: Yeah, making its rounds.
1: And that rocket wasn't the rocket shooting and hitting the satellite. It's shooting our people trying to escape. The whole entire government knows that we're on lockdown by these aliens. And the rocket's that Elon and everybody are sending out, sending out is us trying to escape this prison planet.
2: Oof. Yeah, they might have shot it out. And then, like you're saying, Aaron, getting rid of some people trying to break free of the, well, I was going to say simulation. But it could be. Yeah, the system. Yeah. Okay, okay. Mm, <laughs> I like damn. how
0: y'all bringing different different things together. It's nice. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's
0: like a big puzzle, and we're slowly filling that bitch out.
1: All right. So gun to your head, Dan, do you believe this satellite exists? And do you believe aliens exist?
0: So as we were going through this, it caught my attention how Philip K. Dick was getting a direct link from this black satellite, getting all this knowledge and stuff. I kind of started thinking, Heaven's Gate. Oh, damn. You know how how some of these people, well, I'm not going to say some of these people, a lot of these cults claim that for some reason they're the reincarnation of Jesus. What if this Black Knight satellite isn't pretty much, say, alien satellite? They're the ones making direct link to people, and these people are not able to handle the information that they're getting for the fact that they don't know that it's actually like an alien sending them information. They think it's God, and they're just like, God's speaking to me. I must be the next reincarnation of Jesus.
2: Mm.
0: But with all this information being sent to them, they can't handle it. And the only way they think they can actually fulfill what this satellite's telling them to do is to ascend to the next dimension or like Heaven's Gate, uh, what is it? The next level saying like, oh, we got direct link. I started getting all this information. You know, Philip K. Dick wrote a 8,000 page, 1 million word dialogue with himself about what he, he was learning. And it just made me think of all these other people that are getting direct links, like hearing something, contacting them. And if this thing's been in orbit for over 13,000 years, we don't know how many people this thing's contacted. And like you said, Jesus might have been one of these sources. What? Moses, maybe, too?
2: Mhm.
0: Muhammad, Buddha, Krishna, Ganesh. I mean, yeah. All of them. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be that. Some of these people are able to handle the information. Some can't. I guess it just all depends on the, I would say, maybe the will of the person, brain capacity
2: well their open mindedness uh in this episode alone you're going to have people who rolled their eyes at me for talking about spirit and being a crystal person someone like that will not receive messages from a uh, alien being or whatever because they cannot handle that information but yeah. someone that's more open minded and trusting in more than what you see is somebody who can handle that more than likely um you know Dan one thing I thought about when you mentioned, it, again, the uh, writings that Philip did, it made me think of Ellie, uh, it was like Laganova from the Sarachina Hole. And when they were trying to find the first species or first person or first being that was a male, female, it had no gender. That thing that no. was in the hole. She wrote thousands of pages that she received information from these beings and it wasn't in uh, English or anything. it was in uh, like hieroglyph or symbols. So she knew what it was, but like a lot of other people didn't and she didn't know what all of it was, but she was learning it as over all the years, I think it was like 20 years they continued to contact her. So I wonder if that's got the same type of uh, thing on it. Like the the being that's in the ground, is part of the alien race that's communicating because they are our evolution but in the future
1: i remember joe rogan saying i guess a couple years ago talking about elon musk and all these people and where they get their ideas from and he talks about maybe just these ideas float around and to some people these ideas get sucked into you or you get chosen by these ideas it just came to me. and I remembered about Joe Rogan saying stuff about that, which makes me think, because I sit there and I really concentrate. If I got something that I'm trying to, like, figure out or I, I need, like, an idea to come to me, I'll almost, like, almost meditate on it and become obsessed about it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boom, it comes to me. And I'm like, that's it. It's weird, man.
2: You know, like, when people invent something and then another person's like oh i had that idea da, 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 da. yeah well like you said it's floating around and goes into some people's brains and some have the willpower and the mind capacity to actually do something about it versus others that just hear it think about it and don't act upon it yeah and so maybe they they don't they direct to a certain group of people and hope that one of them takes on the idea
1: Hmm. Maybe this Black Knight satellite's an AI system that's kind of tracking us, right? Maybe all life, all planets in the universe that have life, there is a robotic system that completely controls the universe, an AI simulation. And they're like, we need to make sure our simulation is running right.
2: That would take care of uh, lifetime. So if you're a living being and you have to travel 100 million light years away from something, if you are AI, you don't have to think about, oh, can you live long enough to make that trip?
1: What if this is all a simulation, right? And the people who made the simulation are just like us. And they use that black light satellite to beam themselves down like Star Trek. And they walk among us. And they're like, this is their playground. And they're like super rich. And this is kind of like Westworld to them. So they can come in as like a Jeff Bezos or like an Elon Musk or a Dan Blazerian. And they come in and hack it and say, this is my playground. I can do whatever the f I I want. And boop, see ya. I'll beam myself back up into my real reality. And we're just NPCs, ultra-advanced NPCs that are unaware that we're in a simulation. Are aware we are, but not like solidified aware, if you know what I mean.
2: Do you think that would explain people like Epstein and, uh, like people who go, who die? They don't die. They just leave to go back.
1: Tupac. I was
2: gonna say Elvis. Yes.
1: Biggie. They're all chilling. They come. They're all, they're all, you know, they paid like a hundred grand to come in this reality for a little bit. And and they- and pick what and be character. famous
2: and have fun. Yeah. Instead of having to be a hard worker, they come in as someone important that does something and then dip out. Yeah. Damn.
0: Well, honestly, like you were just saying, though, Aaron, Westworld, that one guy that kept going in there, he kept doing the same shit, killing the same person over and over and then like doing evil shit. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of makes sense with Hitler. I don't know if y'all have actually watched Westworld. Oh, I have. I've only watched a couple of episodes and you know the guy I'm talking about right Aaron. Yep. I mean that kind of makes sense though.
1: Yep. Well, anybody else got anything they want to say about this episode before we wrap her up?
2: No, I liked those theories. That I love talking aliens and that was some good stuff. Got my brain going.
0: Yeah. Aaron kind of depressed me. Scared me a little bit. <laughs> With his theory. It's okay, Dan. Come over here. I'll hold you. Okay, I'm coming.
1: So that's the end of the uh episode this week. Um We're kind of going to do something different with voicemails. We are getting flooded with voicemails a lot.
2: So we're getting so many voicemails right now, and we are trying to figure out what to do because we're in a dilemma of do we give you 20 minutes of voicemails or do we give you 20 minutes of of more content of the episodes? We're going to set up a poll to see if you guys are still wanting to hear them. If so, then we are considering just putting them on a Patreon-exclusive segment once a week of just voicemails, so that way, if you, if you put one in, you know exactly, pop on there, you don't have to listen to the whole episode, it's just boom. We'll talk like we do in every other episode about them, but it's just, it's getting to a point where uh, we're having to cut things out from our actual episode to make room for voicemails. And we really want to give you guys the most information and content that we can over the topics.
1: Yeah, we'll post a poll, uh, like Anna was saying, on each Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll post one on all three, and then we'll tally up the answers and kind of go from there. So uh, we're going to kind of hold off on playing the voicemails this week to see what we're going to end up doing with the voicemails. Um, so I know this episode was a little shorter. Uh, This week, it's because next week's episode is ghost stories, so we're going to make that a little longer. We wanted to have time for people to get in their stories, so if you want to do that, please email them to us. Uh, It's either Aaron, Anna, or Daniel at or Dan at theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can go to our website theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can find our email addresses there, or you can use the contact form to contact us. Uh, You can either email us your story. You can stay anonymous, or You can send us a voice message of your recording of your uh, story. Please make it less than five minutes so other individuals can get their stories in as well. Um, It can be about any ghost story you have. We'd love to hear it. Besides that, yeah, go take the poll uh, for the voicemails so we can figure out what we're going to do with that. Um, I guess that kind of rolls us into shout-outs. Dan, do you have
0: any shout-outs this week for Facebook? Uh... I got a couple, maybe. Kaiser, Luke, Wyatt, Jake Farm, Mikey. They've messaged me on uh, Facebook. Uh, There's actually one guy, Brennick. He messaged me on Facebook about uh, the Cryptid episodes. And he said that Aaron's story of the 50-foot snake caught his attention because he's a snake guy. And he said, see, my thought is that it possibly could have been a descendant of the Titanoboa. He said it resembles a green anaconda which is a green snake with black spotting throughout the body and he like linked a picture which is this thought it was pretty cool so that but then he uh he also sent a picture of him and his snake the one that's not in his pants aaron don't worry don't get too happy dang
2: <laughs> i saw your hopes get like, up there up, like, yeah. but no Whoa.
0: i don't fuck with snakes man
2: i'm not really a i was gonna say i'm not yeah, a I snake told, that's person. exactly
0: what i told him like I mean, I'm not much of a snake guy. I don't mind snakes as long as they're the non venomous type, I guess, but still.
2: I just have trouble seeing their soul. I don't know. I think some people who are really into reptiles, maybe they have a bit of not negative reptilian, not like bad reptilian, but they come from a a different part of a universe that's more connected to those animals. Because I can look into almost any other animal and see. It for what it is deeper, but something about snakes, I can't do that. I don't know what it is, but I've noticed that and I'm aware of it, and I just stay away from them.
1: You're gonna get a lot of snake haters or people that love snakes, and they're gonna hate you now.
0: I'm a snake,
2: I'm a snake,
0: I'm a
1: snake.
2: I've had nightmares of snakes just crawling out from like under my couch. And you
0: were gonna say vagina. Oh, yeah.
2: no it's nice and warm in there they'd probably Do you like y- it. y'all want
0: to hear my snake story my horrifying snake story
2: well yeah does it grow
0: at times no just no okay <laughs> this is a true story right here and it true story I, it fucking haunts me to this day so i was out partying one weekend in high school i come home the next morning i think it was right when the wii came out nintendo wii i came back home and i was just like you know what i don't want to go back to sleep it's Sunday. I'm going to stay up. I'm going to play something to no week. I had a black belt sitting on top of my tube TV. This was before flat screens. From his karate class. <laughs> and it was sitting on top of my TV, right? So I'm sitting there. I'm playing. Next thing I you know, I see this, my black belt move. And I'm just like, okay, maybe I'm still a little tired. I'm seeing, seeing the shit move. Like it's all right, whatever. Started playing again. It moved again and i'm like what the hell like am i really seeing something here so i got up walked over and leaned in next thing i know i see a head pop up and i'm just staring at this thing like probably like 5 6 inches away from it just like oh that's what it is and i'm like wait a second that's a snake automatically my hand just went in automatic backhand mode i hit my belt and the snake off of my tv it flew hit the wall and went into my closet i'm like oh Hell no! There's a fucking snake in my closet now. I went told my bro. We I hate to say it, the the snake did not have a happy ending. But that's that's because it actually stuck it up your ass. I ugh, couldn't help it. It was so long and I'm not even gonna say it. Anyways, but yeah, we ended up getting rid of the snake after I retort everything out of my closet. So after that, I'm not I'm not a snake guy. After that, I got a very similar story
1: to that, Dan. It's a true story, okay? I know I say some bullshit stories. This is a true story. Back in 2007, I was working with my brother at a construction-type facility. There's this old guy named Ron. He was the owner of it, and he just kind of stood around and pointed, told you what to do. So it was the middle of the Texas summer, right? 110 outside, sweating. Real nice sweat beat going on my tip of my nose, down my lips. So I'm picking up these big, humongous... I don't know five six inch pipes, round and long PVC pipes. There's a whole bunch of them stacked up in this brush. Ron's like, All right, "I want you and uh, you and your brother to go there and move those over here." I'm like, "What the fuck is the purpose of moving them over here, Ron? You're gonna they're just gonna sit here." Yeah, just move them. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Okay. So I'm picking these pipes up and I'm moving them. I decide to pick one up and look down in it, and there it is—a copperhead sitting, looking right at me. And I said, whoa, and I threw it, I threw the pipe, and it landed, and the snake slithered out of it, like, towards Ron, Ron, and I'm thinking, like, Ron, Ron's old, right, he's a Vietnam vet, he's got gloves on, because he's got some shit going on with Agent Orange, right, wears, like, a gigantic rice paddy hat, right, dude's, like, 800 years old, I see this snake going for Ron. My initial reaction is like, fuck this, Ron's on his own. But then my good part of my brain's like, maybe I should do something. He's pretty old. Well, I hate snakes. So the snake's heading towards Ron. And he's like, whoa. He reaches down, grabs this fucking snake by the tail, flings it around his head like a goddamn cowboy rope, and flings it, and it smacks me right in the goddamn face. <laughs> Boom. And I think I'm bit. I fall on the ground and I start crying because I think I'm bit. But it didn't bite me. It just hit me in the fucking face. It was knocked out, I guess, because he like whipped it or something and then threw it. And it smacked me in the face and it it died. So I don't know if it died on impact of my head or if it died on impact of the ground. I like to think that my head, we kind of like did a headbutt and it died. But that's my snake story.
2: (laughs) Wow, how traumatic.
1: I don't like snakes.
2: I have one. That, it didn't happen to me, but it happened to my friend Lacey. She went to a party and went to go use the bathroom. And she went and flushed the toilet. And when she went to go leave, it, it kept running. And so she's like, well, uh, we both clean houses, so it's nothing of us to like look in a toilet or deal with that. So she tells the homeowner, and they go back and look at the top of the tank, and as soon as they opened it, there was a snake inside of it, and they had to get it. It wasn't poisonous, I'm pretty sure. But that would mean that that thing went through the plumbing system and ended up in there. I
1: think it was gonna bite your butthole, dude.
2: Ugh. If it, it would have went through the right hole, hell yeah. Uh... <laughs> hmm. I know. I always look in the toilet before I sit in it anyways.
0: Me too. Dude. Then you got the time I stepped on the copperhead when I went walking.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. I forgot the, about that, Dan.
1: The rattlesnake underneath my desk at work.
0: We just, me and Aaron just what? don't seem to have luck with snakes. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, th- th- those are my shout outs and our stories.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Uh, Anna, you got any Twitter shout outs?
2: Uh, we've gotten a lot of new people following us. We are just three people away from breaking 700 followers on, Insta- or on uh, Twitter. Which is awesome. Because what we had like 125 when we started season 1. 2. Sorry. Season 2. Mm, but let's see. Who do we have that's new that's following us? We got Justin, Elijah, Keely, Nick. Who even are you? <laughs> um, Amora Blue liked uh, one of our replies. James... Cody, Rock.co, Trash Lord, Joseph Carrillo, Monica Resists all started following us. Lawrence Pylon said that the Mandela effect was discussed and identified by Art Bell on his show in 2001. So I've been meaning to look that up and see what he said about it. Um, Laura listened to our episode on Thursday while she was cleaning, cleaning the house. To help her take her mind off of it. Thanks for the like and retweet that damn rabbit. Kneecaps, I see you. Ash, you too. Oh, we got a new follower. Psychic Simulator Paul. Look at you with your extra P. I like that. Um. Spacey Sprocket, Hank, Luann, Chip, Eric, Austin, Craig. You guys are all awesome. Zap, Stoker rebel scum said that we should do a episode on project Bluebeam, which i know is our is on our redo list so that will be coming in season three or four probably three sometime uh edwin thanks again for your follow and fight Vi- Vitrius and vic where you been i ain't seen you in forever you need to reach out let me know you're alive my friend uh, All right. I think that is all my Twitter shout outs I have this week.
1: All right. I have a couple on Instagram. Uh, we're, I think, 140 followers away from hitting the big 5K followers on Ooh. Instagram. It's going to be sweet. We're going to celebrate, have cookie cake. So make sure you go follow Instagram if you haven't. Um, first shout out I want to give is to Seize. I haven't forgot about you. I love you. Your cat looks so great and you are so handsome. Next one is to Add It Y'alls. Uh, I'm sure I sp- pronounced your name completely wrong, but uh, thanks for the love and the support. Next shout I want to give is to Carry On. He wrote us a real long message, sent a lot of love. I wrote him one back, told him I liked his shorts and I needed to know what brand they were. He wrote us back and gave me the brand of his shorts so I can go buy me a pair. Nice. I just want to give him a shout out, tell him I love him. And that's pretty much it. I've completely caught up on the. Instagram messages. So I'm here. Oh. And I love you. And I'm proud of y'all. But yeah, um, just another reminder uh, go vote on our social medias about the whole voicemail change and what you want to see. We'll tally everything up. Also, get your ghost stories in by 1 a.m. on the 25th. So if you don't have it to us by 1 a.m. on the 25th, then sorry
2: on eastern time
1: eastern time's fine 1 a.m on the 25th otherwise we we record that night on the 25th and give us time to edit and everything so anyways uh y'all got anything else before we roll out
2: you already know stay lifted man
1: nice nice all right well i want to thank you all for joining us today and again thank you for your support you are amazing every single one of you so with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out?
0: Sure will. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts.
2: Because you're not alone.